Engage and Equip podcast. I'm Erin Hesse with High Point Church, and I'm here with Pastor Nick Gibson. Hey. And we just finally started the Onward series yesterday. We've been talking about it for a number of months now, and um, if you are just jumping in and haven't heard us talk about it yet, Onward is a book by Russell Moore on about how to engage the culture around us without losing the gospel. And so um, yesterday, with it being our first... Um, sermon, we talked about the kingdom and um, what we are, how the kingdom is here um, and already here, but it also is also not yet. And so Nick, you talked a lot about um, that the kingdom is really what should frame our lives. You talked about how um, it should frame um, the gospel and the mission that we're on and also creation and culture. Um, and mm-hmm. so if you're listening and you want to hear more about that, you can go to um, highpointchurch.org slash sermons, I believe, and it's listed down there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I thought because yesterday was a lot of um, more mindset change and mm-hmm. um, how we really should be thinking about those things, we are eventually going to be talking about a little bit more application in terms of family stability, um, human dignity, those types of things. Mm-hmm. But you did ask a question, um, you know, how do we live, how really should we be living in this world? with that kingdom, that correct kingdom mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, so in general, what were some of your thoughts or responses to that? Yeah, I think um, one of the key ideas that Russell Moore talks about is just that it's kingdom, not some other Christian thing mm-hmm. for Christians that should frame reality for us. Mm-hmm. So it's God, God is king, God has a kingdom. That is the major framing idea, not even gospel or mission. Those, those get their meaning from the larger picture mm-hmm. of kingdom. And if you read... The Gospels, it, the concept of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is the main concept for Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And the reason for that is it's the main concept of the whole Bible up until that point. Mm-hmm. It's God's rule, God's withdrawal of his rule, though his, maintain, his maintenance of his authority, how he providentially has ordered things, how he's created people for something, how he is reintroducing his rule, mm-hmm. right? And so that's really key. And so if you think, oh, it's about the gospel— if by gospel you don't mean how God is bringing in the kingdom, mm-hmm. then you're going to have this sort of narrowed view, and that's not good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in, in terms of how that relates to, king, to culture and creation, a big part of that is just understanding how the Bible begins and how the Bible ends, mm-hmm. in that we're not just on this rescue mission to save some humans out of the world that God is going to just throw away. Mm-hmm. That, yes, this world is going to pass away. That's true. And to a certain extent, the new heavens and the new earth are not just an entirely recreation of this one exactly the way it was. Mm-hmm. And so there is, you can't have too much continuity, right? It's just like, right. no, this this earth is, you're in Wisconsin in heaven. Like, <laughs> you got to be careful how much of that. Yeah. But the idea that there is an earth that God originally created, and in the end of redemption, there's going to be a new earth. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be physical, it's going to be embodied, and the mm-hmm. kinds of things we were created to do in this earth is what we're going to do in that one. Mm-hmm. That continuity is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the joke is, is that it's not pastors. Pastors are the people who are going to have to retrain in heaven, not plumbers. Mm-hmm. Right. The idea that those who bring the creative potential out of creation and have yeah. rule and dominion, that's what humans do. That's what we're created for. Mm-hmm. Right. And it is people who do the work of redemption to bring people back to that role that are going to have to do whoops, different things in heaven. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if you get that straight, then it then it becomes very applicational because you're like, oh, when I run my business, when I fill out reports, when I do plumbing, when I build houses, when I do whatever I do, when I sweep streets, mm-hmm. all of those things from gardening to cleaning to collecting garbage to creating companies and doing statesmanship, all of those things are related to 
ruling and having dominion mm -hmm. in a way that's beautiful. And the connection of rule and, ha and dominion had a direct relationship to a garden. Mm -hmm. And so that's a really big concept connected to a really small kind of yeah. practical concept. Yeah. And when you put those two together, that we are, we're gardener rulers, mm -hmm. that creates this idea of like stewardship and care right. and pro productivity in, in, in the most positive sense of the word. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. in a number of places in um, Moore's chapter on kingdom, he just talks about the comparison that we can't um, we can't abstract the kingdom from the gospel or or the gospel from the kingdom that they are so mm -hmm. interrelated um, that it is also not just a um, cosmic level kingdom that we need to be thinking about but that it is also personal and um, finding that holding both of those things very tightly and um, not swaying one way to the other is really going to help with like you said in the application whether it's in our jobs families relationships um, how we should be living out in those areas. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. So um, I really liked um, one of the quotes that he has on page 65, if you have the book. Um, it says, the vision of the kingdom then will not just inform us on what to care about, but also how we advocate for such things. If the kingdom is where Christ is, then we dare not assume the power of the state for the purposes of the church, and we dare not subordinate the ministries of the church to the authority of the state. Can you unpack that a little bit for us? Um, in mm -hmm. again, in practical, um, you know, I'm here living in Madison. Personally, I'm working in a church, but there's a lot of listeners who aren't. Um, how it is that we are supposed to have those things closely? Yeah, I mean that whole thing is really loaded in the American cultural context. So I'll try to simplify as much as mm -hmm. I can, but it goes back to progressivist movements of. So at the beginning of the 20th century, in in the in in liberal Christian progressivism, there was this idea that. Um, because things were getting better and better because of science and technology, that the 20th century is going to be the quote, the Christian century, mm -hmm. meaning that there was going to be a kind of Christian secularism that was going to make life great. Mm -hmm. And that was going to be the rule and reign of God. And that could only, and there was belief was that could only happen through something big like the federal government. And so liberal Christians were saying, we need the federal government to institute the kingdom and for our own good, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. bring bring everybody along, people who are for it and people who are kicking and screaming, mm -hmm. all need to be brought along. And that was what the the early Christian progressist movement was all about. And what Moore is saying is, is that that was just utterly doomed from the beginning mm -hmm. because the government can't institute the kingdom of God because the government isn't the kingdom of God and can't ever be. Mm -hmm. And the, um, the expression of the kingdom of God on earth most completely has to be the church. Mm -hmm. And therefore there are things that the church is supposed to do as an expression of the kingdom that, that it cannot let, it can't give over to government. Mm -hmm. And there are things that the government is supposed to do that it won't do if it's trying to be the kingdom. Mm -hmm. One of the examples that Moore gives is caring for the poor. I think later in the chapter where he says, you, the church can't just say, oh, we have state welfare, so we don't have to take care of the poor. Well, if caring for the poor is an essential component of the kingdom, then the, the kingdom's people can't say, oh, this apparatus of the city of man will do it. Because what's right. going to happen is the apparatus of the city of man is going to do it according to the dictates of worldliness mm -hmm. or the thinking of the city of man. Mm -hmm. And it's not, there's going to be nothing kingdomish about it. Mm -hmm. And I think over the last 50 years, that's been a harder. Um, concept to separate because Christianity has been um, or at least um, the, the moral majority of how our culture runs is on Christian beliefs and so 
Was, um, you mean was? Was, right. yes. And so being able to say, oh, this is um, whatever is spoken in the Bible, you know, following the golden rule, whatever, that is, that, that everyone applies that. And so yeah. it's very easy to just say, okay, well, whatever America's doing, that's, I'm a Christian, right. therefore I'm American, and yeah. Yeah, one of Moore's points is, is that historically, it's not that, that America was this gospel-believing nation. Mm-hmm. It was that there was a certain minimum consensus of Christian morality mm-hmm. that was generally upheld, mm-hmm. right? And so things like the golden rule and so on, right? The virtues. Mm-hmm. Many of the historic virtues as incorporating Christian, people were like, yes, that's what we should build our culture on. In that sense, the culture was Christian. The problem was is that its feet were planted in midair. Mm-hmm. Without the gospel and the gospel of the kingdom mm-hmm. upholding why those things are right and good mm-hmm. because of the ethics of the kingdom, of Jesus, the Christ, after a while, people are like, well, why shouldn't I have premarital sex? And why is marriage so important? And why should we do this? And why is that so important? Blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, people go, well, we don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. And what happened is you got this sort of general disintegration. And it wasn't because people said, we don't want to be moral. It was that in changing their philosophy to a more secular ideology, what that ideology classified as moral was just a totally different group of things, mm-hmm. right? Expressivism rather than like... Conf- rather, you express yourself rather than conform to a moral norm, for right. example, is at the very basis of that kind That's of living, you, yeah. right? You don't live eternally. You're not preparing for heaven. Mm-hmm. You're living as much as you can now before you die. Mm-hmm. And so restricting people is idiotic mm-hmm. within that framework, right? Because mm-hmm. if you're just going to live once and then you're going to die, and this is your only chance to live whatever living you'll do in the cold heat death of the universe, mm-hmm. then you better get out there and freaking like express yourself and experience things. Yeah. If you're becoming the kind of person that will be at home at heaven, in heaven, mm-hmm. that's a totally different way to look at your yes. life. Yeah. Not expressing yourself, not doing whatever you want, mm-hmm. understanding a certain virtue and ethic and learning to live according to it, even, at a, even in deep self-sacrifice, within the framework of preparing for heaven, that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it and, depends on your assumptions. And if your assumptions yeah. are totally different, you're, you can't uphold a general morality. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. So then as Christians, I mean, we think, um, I have found that it's very easy where some people can um, say, okay, well, then I'm just going to um, live my life very strictly and become very close-minded to anything culturally related and um, make sure that I am very distinct to a point that's not just strange, like what Moore says, but that is unrelatable to the culture. So there's either that path that people take or um, where because the kingdom and um, heaven, all of that comes later. Mm-hmm. Well, I can live my life how I need to now. I'll, I'll follow the basic Ten Commandments. I'll go to church. Yes, Jesus is, you know, I asked him into my heart and believe in him. Um, but those things don't really matter now. That that divide I see often happen between in, in Christians. Either they, they lean one way or the other. Yeah, I, mean, I think that gets back to this, this sort of slogan, keep Christianity strange mm-hmm. or weird. I, th- I think weird is, is his, He's, yeah. right? Yeah, so we we like cleaned it up with strange mm-hmm. a little bit, right? <laughs> and the, the idea here is, is that um, that's why people are between the two, mm-hmm. partly for selfish reasons because they don't want to uphold the ethics of Christianity, right? But part of it is they also don't want to look weird, right? Mm-hmm. It's the external shame yeah. and the internal desires, right? Mm-hmm. Now, internal desires are one thing. The external shame is, an- is another, mm-hmm. which is very strong yeah. because a lot of the doors that get opened for us in life happen on the basis of social approval. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the position of social shame, a lot of those doors don't open. Right. 
And if you're not in a group that's receiving social shame, you don't understand that. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons why people talk about white privilege, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people, white people are like, what are you talking about? All these, all these laws are totally equal. Mm-hmm. And then black people go, yeah, but that's not what people do, yeah. right? And after a while, you're kind of like, yeah, I guess mm-hmm. there's some truth to that, mm-hmm. right? I don't know how to fix it, but right. there's some truth, right? And so... Similarly, like if you are, and gay people would have said this 25 years ago, mm-hmm. they would have been like, look, you just treat us like we're some kind of freaking anathema, mm-hmm. right? Like this is what we believe. This is who we think we are, right? Can't you just accept this? Mm-hmm. But people would just be like, no, I don't want you around, right? right? Well, the, it's kind of shifted, right? Mm-hmm. And we're, especially in the set, most set, more secular centers of American cities, um, like even Madison, which is fairly secular, I mean, we're not that secular compared to downtown Boston, right? Mm-hmm. And yet this is how people feel about people who are holistically Christian. Mm-hmm. If you are holistically Christian, which, and of course the litmus test in the modern culture is whether or not you uphold the biblical sexual ethic. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is the measure of everything. Right. Nobody cares about your view on the poor, how you life your family, or what you actually do. Mm-hmm. They want to know, are you pro-gay? Mm-hmm. And are you pro-transgender? Whatever we mean by that. And if you don't say yes, categorically blank check, I'm for whatever you say I should be for, then you're a horrific bigot that everything else in your philosophy must be wrong too. Mm-hmm. And it's not that people are super immediately mean about that. It's that they know where to classify you. Mm-hmm. And it changes their disposition towards you. Yeah. They don't want to move towards you. They want to move away from you whenever they can. Mm-hmm. And that's just really hard to measure, but that's the reality. And everybody knows that. Yeah. And it changes how it's why Christians don't speak about their faith. Right. Other people so there's a there's one guy who goes to High Point and he said, I just decided at work that if my buddies can talk about going out and drinking and having sex with anonymous people on the weekends, then I can say what I did at church. So I just wait and when they go, Dude, I did this on the weekend, I did blah 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 mm-hmm. he goes, Oh yeah, cool. I went to church and this is what we talked about. Mm-hmm. And he said, Because normally I would as the the general assumption in the air is they can talk about their licentiousness, mm-hmm. but I shouldn't talk about that I went to church. Yeah. And that feel that, you know, you just need to shut up, mm-hmm. that in certain contexts black people talk about 25 years ago, or even in certain contexts in America still gay people would talk about, and they know when it relates to them, they can feel it yep. in the air. Yeah. The minute it's about somebody else, you don't feel it in the yeah. air. And a lot of people don't realize that people who are of biblical faith, we, we've been feeling this in the air. And it has been accelerating dramatically. Mm-hmm. And so we have to, what we have to do is what every minority community has to do. We have to accept the epitaph of ridicule other people give and turn it into a positive within our own subculture. Mm-hmm. And that's what Christian was originally. Christian was originally a slur. Mm-hmm. Oh, these idiotic, cultish, semi-Jews that believe in that person, Jesus. Yeah. And it became our what we labeled ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's, that's in some ways how black people use the N-word. It is a reappropriation of the derogatory statement of calling people a Negro or the N-word. Yeah. And they go, no, this word is mine, and I've reappropriated it this way. Mm-hmm. It functions with my identity, and it belongs to me and not to you. Mm-hmm. Gay people, too. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been around gay people when they're only around themselves, and they talk however they feel like it. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, you could not talk like that in polite society in a mm-hmm. lot of times. But it's, and it's not like I'm offended by that. That is how minority groups affirm themselves, yeah. no matter where you are in the world. Yeah. And it's why even Christians are around evangelicals sometimes, that, and, and a Christian will say something and be like, oh, you're just an anti-science bigot. Mm-hmm. Well, why do we do I mean, people do that. Why We do it because that's what people call us. Right. 
And so we rehearse that as ridiculous. Mm -hmm. They think it's perfectly reasonable. We know it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And we joke about it. Mm -hmm. Not mainly, not mainly because we want to make a joke, but mainly because we want to lighten the shame that's heaped on us knowing that it's false. Why? So we can be secure in our identity. Mm -hmm. That's the reason. And so those kind of minority practices are built into Christian faith because Christianity was always supposed to be a minority thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think acknowledging, like you said, making those jokes about um, what we're negatively called or what the perception is of the outside um, culture, mm-hmm. that, that it, it is true that it does bring to reality, the, like it makes a person aware of how people see Christians. Um, I think also it can then put a, um, it heightens that awareness to a point mm-hmm. where the people don't want to talk um, when they are out in culture, that they don't feel like they are confident enough in what they are. They they know what they're not, and they are aware when people have that perception of them. Um, but I think, again, with talking about what we are going to talk about in this series with Onward, it's reinforcing what it is we should be standing firm on, mm-hmm. and so that we can say, oh yeah, people call us these bigots, or um, all of those things. Yeah. But then we can also say um, that as Christians, we can be living strange and look like this and, and act like this. Right. Right. I mean, Russell Moore's points are, in the eyes of the world, Christianity lived out faithfully is going to look strange mm-hmm. and weird. Mm-hmm. And they and people are going to have this aversive reaction to it mm-hmm. because it is so outside of the realm of what they they consider normal. Right. The, the opposing point of that, Russell Moore is, says, is because people don't understand the kingdom, they have never experienced what normal humanity really is. Mm-hmm. They have no idea. Mm-hmm. The only time anyone has ex- ever experienced normal humanity is when they've experienced Jesus, the man. Mm-hmm. That's the only time ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Christians have to first realize that. That what is happening out there is not normal humanity. Mm-hmm. What's happening out there is de- is degraded humanity. Mm-hmm. And Jesus has come to restore us through his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so once you begin to realize that and begin to understand how it functions, mm-hmm. then you begin to be more secure in who you are and you begin to accept how you're going to be treated mm-hmm. and realize that you are going to be treated like, I mean, the Bible basically just says, just rejoice. You're going to be treated like Jesus mm-hmm. and the prophets. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount, right? He says, blessed are you who are peacemakers. Mm-hmm. You'll be called the sons and daughters of God. Blessed are you for all these other things. And he says, blessed are you when people hate you and say all kinds of evil against you mm-hmm. because that's how they treated the prophets. That's how your father's treated the prophets who came before you. Mm-hmm. People always slander people who are living for the kingdom. That's yeah. that's a now that doesn't mean that we should try to incur as much abuse as possible. I mean, there's some Christians who like make make trouble so that they can feel that mm-hmm. way, which is not okay. Right. But in the sense which it's just part of the honest living out of the gospel and faith, we're actually supposed to take assurance and mm-hmm. joy in mistreatment. Right. Yeah. Um you know, again, earlier you, yeah, you mentioned again that um, the we that we are strangers um, and exiles in this present time, which is what um, Moore says. But that that doesn't mean that we're losers, and that doesn't mean that we have to sit around and think, you know, woe is us that we, yeah, I'm supposed to experience this joy from persecution, but it really doesn't feel that way. Like we really should actually be excited to go out and um, when he talks about um, saying that the kingdom of God is is here and coming, that it is a declaration of war and that we are, we can be um, excited about that and be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, he says on page 67 that um, we fight, but we fight from triumph, not from defeat. 
Jesus is announcing the kingdom, declared that he was anointed. If we are joined to him, we share that anointing. That's what it means to be Christians, to be the church. I was like, okay, that I want to keep coming back to that. And that is what the focus mm-hmm. should be. Um, not that we, not just that we stick out, but that um, we are specifically joined to Christ and, and what that means in the lens of the kingdom um, and how we should then be living out and also speaking the gospel. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the reason why exile isn't enough. I mean, that's true. Exile is true. Mm-hmm. But yet we're exiles in a country that doesn't belong to the people who they think it belongs to. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in a sense, we're exiles in a country that actually belongs to us because we belong to King Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we're living among these people who go, this is our land that you don't belong here. Mm-hmm. And we're silently knowing, actually, you don't belong here as rebels, you could belong here as sons and daughters if you accepted the king who's going to be returning, who this is his country. And we're actually kind of here as exiles, but as ambassadors to tell you this is his country. Mm -hmm. And if you would become his sons and daughters rather than stay rebels against him, this country you think is yours could be yours Mm -hmm. in that you could be his. Mm -hmm. It's so in that sense, it's a little odd. Mm -hmm. And we actually exist in this embarrassed place of of victory in the midst of the, the chapter that says that we've been defeated. Right. But if we understand the way God has created reality, we actually know that the city of man is doomed. Mm-hmm. We, and we can actually see it. It's really obvious to us. Right. And yet to them, it's not. Mm-hmm. And they feel like we should somehow be apologizing for being like in their midst and yeah. that they tolerate us. And yet what we know is actually we're here for their good mm-hmm. and that they, uh, there's a lot of good in the city of man, mm-hmm. but it, that it, its most fundamental reality is that it is in rebellion against the rightful king. Mm-hmm. That's You can't, no matter how much good you do, you're still doing that good for yourself in the country that you've stolen and want to say is yours. Right. And ultimately it's his. And all the stuff that you've created, you've done with his resources. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, well, look what I bought with the money I stole. Mm-hmm. It's not really as praiseworthy as we, we might think. Mm-hmm. And so our job is to be humble about that and to realize that they think it's crazy that we believe in losing we've already won yeah. and that we are trying really hard not to gloat. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of like, we're beating you 57 to zero. Mm-hmm. What do you mean you're trying not to gloat? Mm-hmm. And you're like, ugh. Yeah. We actually have a really good player that's just going to play in the fourth quarter yeah. and he always <laughs> scores 100 goals. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. I don't have to tell you, like, mm-hmm. you've already lost. But you don't have to. You can switch teams, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And it's a, that's a very hard because it is a, in a sense it is a declaration of war. In that the king is returning, mm-hmm. but it's not a declaration of war. In that, like, yes, you rightly own this land, and we're going to come try to take it from you. Right. It's the opposite. Mm-hmm. You have come and become a squatter on land that belongs to someone else, mm-hmm. and he's coming back, mm-hmm. and he actually has invited you to stay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you will belong to his kingdom, and you can because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, and us telling you that is his mission. Mm-hmm. And then as the people of God, we're going to live out human dignity, you know, conscientious kindness. I forget what that's called. You know, we're going to live out convictional kindness. We're going to live out religious freedom and all these kinds of things. We're going to try to show you what that, the kingdom looks like so you'll realize you actually want to be part of it. Right. Yeah. And the problem is, is that there's a really good marketing campaign to portray the kingdom as something they wouldn't want to be part of. Mm-hmm. And it's it's sad that we sometimes don't do a good enough job of overcoming that. Right, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, 
again, that this is a perfect time to be talking about these things um, as I, just in general, um, I think the church is at, is at a really um, pivotal spot where we can choose to learn even in our own minds, how we need to have a mindset about the kingdom and how to speak it. Um, and then what that actually is supposed to, how the conversation should look with the people um, that we know. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. Any other and I Yeah. Well, and I think that there's a huge opportunity when it looks like things might go really badly. Like, I mean, if people are paying attention right now, mm-hmm. um, the indicators of the near future are not fantastic, right. right? There's some really great technologies coming out, and this is a great time to be alive because of certain comforts and things mm-hmm. like that. But when you look at, like, our national debt, what's happening between races, uh, like, like just this, this the county I heard it last night was, was an actually like, the Dane County. I think it's the kind of see the mass I can't remember, is paying like $167,000 every day just to pay its debts. Oh, gosh. Right? Yeah. So we've been like, oh, let's create the city of the city of God right here in Madison. Let's do yeah. all these great things. And it turns out you can't just do that. Mm-hmm. It turns out that you have to have a people of a certain character yeah. that self-sacrificially serve each other in a certain way. You can't just create programs and pay for it. Right. It doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. So our, our cities, our counties, our nations that have given themselves this kind of secular, secular kind of welfare state kind of mentality – it's collapsing all around. It's like it's getting closer every day to collapse, mm-hmm. and we shouldn't rejoice in all the pain that's going to create, but we should rejoice in the new hearing that that could create, mm-hmm. and and we should be very sad in the results of secularism being rotten to the core, mm-hmm. but we can't be sad about the opportunity of for the truth in the wrong kind of secularism being rotten to the core. And so I think that this is a time where we should be preparing ourselves for difficult times, Mm -hmm. but where we could also have hope that this could be the precursor for revival. Yeah. And people recognizing the importance of this, of the kingdom of God, not just the fake version. Because one of the reasons why people don't want to listen about the kingdom of God is because we're trying to make a fake version. And right now there are about almost a billion and a half people who've put it in the fake version of Allah. Mm-hmm. And there's another few billion people probably that have put it in the fake version of the nation state mm-hmm. creating this. And these are all imploding now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the Islamic one is turning out to be extraordinarily vicious and not a beautiful kingdom. Mm-hmm. The welfare state is showing that it it it's it's it is literally bankrupt mm-hmm. because it is philosophically bankrupt mm-hmm. because everybody wants to be be tended to like it's the kingdom of God, but nobody wants to take up the shovel like it's the kingdom right. of God. And so what you get is bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. And um and that's that's all sad, but what it means is, is that in a moment where the counterfeits are shown to be counterfeit the truth of the kingdom may shine yeah. like it hasn't in, in our lifetimes. Right. And that, that's, I think in some ways that could be really encouraging, but we won't, it may destroy our capacity to have really nice church buildings like this yeah. um, or to have nice salaries that you and I make mm-hmm. mine nicer than yours, of course, but <laughs> like, you know, our job, I'm mean, like, we may not be able to make a living at this, right. but, um, but people might come to Jesus mm-hmm. and that should be preferred. Yeah. Right. And so I'm actually I'm actually very concerned about our country and very concerned about what my family's gonna do mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, I am very hopeful for the message of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I think if we get the idea of the kingdom straight, we'll be ready. Yeah. Great. Thank you.
Um, yeah, if you're listening and if you are loving this conversation that we've been having at High Point, if you're reading the book and just want to keep talking about it and you're not in a small group, that is where we're going to be continuing this conversation. And so you can sign up at highpointchurch.org slash smallgroups um, if you want to get plugged into one. Otherwise, if you are in one, that should be what you guys are talking about because it is just there's so much to cover. Um, and, and again, it is a, a, a slight and yet very significant mind mind shift that we do have to make and then um how we carry that out is going to be really important so thank you nick yep i'm looking forward to week two when we talk about culture great have a good day